Hi, this is CJ. Just before we get going, I wanted to let you know that there is now a way you can watch me review movies and interview fascinating people about the movies online on a new show called Watch This. It's available free at Skippy TV. That's S-K-I-P-I dot TV. Just go right now to Skippy TV. That's S-K-I-P-I dot TV. And you will find episodes of Watch This that you can watch on your computer, your iPad, your phone, however you want to watch them for free. And join the Facebook page. Search for Watch This as a Facebook page on Facebook. Like it. Join the community. Thank you so much. I'd appreciate it. And if you enjoy movie land you're gonna love watch this this is movie land with cj johnson hello and welcome to movie land i'm cj johnson thank you for joining me For many years, the Golden Globes occupied a position as kind of the slightly less serious version of the Oscars. But in recent years, something has happened. Everyone has agreed that the Golden Globes has become more fun, a better ceremony and a more enjoyable experience all around, while the Oscars has sort of floundered to find its new voice in a changing landscape. So basically what I'm saying is the Golden Globes are taken a heck of a lot more seriously and enjoyed by a lot more people than they used to be, and their nominations came out this morning. It's an interesting set of nominations. It certainly firms up a uh, bunch of players in the field. There's some very interesting news for some Australian films. Catherine Tulich is a member of the famed Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the famously small group of reporters and journalists from all over the world who make up the association and nominate and pick the winners of the Globes. And she joins me from Los Angeles only a few hours after the nominations. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Good, thank you. Yes, very early morning over here for everyone in Hollywood, including me. It was up at like 3 a.m. Well, I just finished reading Anna Kendrick's delightful book, and she talks about being a presenter at stuff and, you know, wearing the shoes and all of this, you know, all the funny little girly mundane things about being a presenter and trying to be glamorous. And she was a presenter of the nominations this morning, wasn't she? Yes, she was, along with Laura Dern and Don Cheadle. They always have, you know, at least three actors uh, sharing out the nominations, which are read in two separate parts, one that goes completely live to American broadcasting television over here. So hence the very early morning in L.A. because, of course, East Coast time where the Today Show that broadcasts it live is three hours ahead. So that's why we're all very bleary-eyed this morning. But uh, I think a lot of people were pretty excited about uh, the nominations. I think it was a, I think we spread the love pretty well, actually. See, that's a cool list of presenters. Don Cheadle, Laura Dern and Anna Kendrick. That's, that's idiosyncratic and interesting. All three of those are actors that everyone really likes, but they're not just, you know, starring in the latest superhero movie. I love it. Yeah, exactly. I also think they have to find actors that are willing to get up that early. (laughs) Some of them going, oh, I wouldn't do it. Because also there was actually the Broadcast Critics Awards here last night, which which was on rather early actually in the season. So a lot of actors would have had a fairly late night last night. So good on those three that came in early this morning. Now let's take a look at the nominations. Last year, 
The Martian managed to sneak in and scoop up best comedy or musical. But this year, there is an honest-to-gosh, proper, old-school movie musical that's on the top of many people's lists and is obviously an Oscar contender. It's already swept a lot of awards, and it's obviously leading the list for uh, the nomination list for comedy and musical, and that is La La Land. Yes, finally, a film that really fits this category because it's a category I think the Golden Globes has struggled with for many years. I'm sure this category was originally intended for when there were actual musicals around, but, of course, that's a rare thing these days. So we've found that we've had to put some strange films in that category, including The Martian last year, which was hardly a comedy, but uh, studios were often pushing films into these categories because they felt they had a better chance than if they threw them into drama. But uh, proudly this time, we've actually got, I think, a legitimate list of musicals and comedies. So uh, I was very pleased to hear the nominations and pretty diverse. I mean, you've got everything from La La Land, which is, you know, really a leading contender in terms of all award races this year. And, I mean, a musical that is legitimately a musical with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone also nominated, and Damien Chazelle, the director, who did an incredible job with this film. Uh, Then you have Deadpool, which I guess was a... (laughs) funny superhero movie right (laughs) that is that is the greatest juxtaposition of the nomination list is la la land versus deadpool exactly i think ryan reynolds was very very happy to be included in this list so uh yeah so uh i i think that's yeah exactly variety is definitely the spice in this category for sure and then you have also 20th century women which are I think is a really lovely sort of, I guess, almost homage um, to uh, a mother played by Annette Benning, and a really lovely tale about her raising her her son. And uh, I'm glad to see that was in there as well. As well as, of course, Meryl Streep and Hugh Grant for Florence Foster Jenkins, a very funny film. And then uh, probably the one that maybe people weren't expecting too much was Sing Street, which a lot of the members I know love this film. It was one of those films that didn't really get a lot of attention but uh, really sort of warmed the hearts of anyone that saw it. So that's in that category as well. That's my favourite film of the year thus far. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, you must have been very happy that was in there. Yeah, let me let me tell you about a couple of my happy surprises this morning because Sing Street, I mean, I don't think it's going to win. I think La La Land's going to win. But Sing Street oh, is sure. is my favourite film of the year thus far and I'm delighted to see that it, it, it is in there and hasn't been forgotten. Uh, my other favourite film of the year was Captain Fantastic and I am thrilled yes. that Viggo Mortensen has got a Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama nomination because all of a sudden that puts him in the game, you you know what I mean? This this nomination has put him in the game and it's great. Yeah, and I love Captain Fantastic. Me I was too. really thrilled that uh, it was one of my films of the year and I saw it back at the Cannes Film Festival uh, in May and often when films uh, and I think it even went back as far as Sundance last January this film so often those films that come out really early in the season you you don't get mentioned towards award season because you have this massive push after the Toronto Film Festival of a bunch of films that everyone's trying to push for awards so very often films like Captain Fantastic which didn't have a lot of people pushing this film uh, here was remembered and certainly I know was a favourite amongst uh, the Holy Prime Press members and I'm so pleased to see that, yeah, Vigo got a very well-deserved nomination for that film. 
The other film that has managed to make it into the best motion picture drama category that I'm thrilled about is Hell or High Water, because that was either going to go one of two ways. It was going to be considered the sort of very strong artistic and political statement it is, or people were going to say, oh, it's a genre film about robbing banks. But it's it's not. It's, it's a political movie. Exactly. That's the other film I was really happy about too, that that got uh, remembered as well. Uh, again, that was out. I mean, it is getting a little bit of attention through this award season, but um, again, it was out uh, quite a few months ago. It wasn't necessarily seen as an, uh, an, an award pitch film, but again, I think a brilliant story and very well acted. Jeff Bridges also got a nomination uh, as well as did the director. So I'm glad to see a film like that in there as well. So when we look at, because there are 10 nominations, nominations there's musical or comedy and drama and now the oscars allows 10 nominations so your list and the oscar list could tie up theoretically but what we really have to look at if we want to look at the sort of the top five that are uh, that are sort of vying is you look at the director because when you look at the director list that's kind of the 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 top five films so you've got la la land nocturnal animals Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, Nocturnal Animals, I'm delighted to see there. That's that's thrilling. That's really interesting because I love that film. But the fifth one, and one with a bunch of other nominations as well, is Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge. Exactly. I mean, uh, and that's great news for, I think, the Aussies in terms of, you know, the film was certainly not about an Australian story, but it was shot in Australia. And Mel Gibson being nominated for director. I mean, I think the consensus was he did a very good job with this film. So I think the fact that he got a directing nomination was very much predicted. And um, I was very happy to see him in there, actually. I think it is. I, I, I thought the interesting list with the directors was I wasn't sure about Tom Ford. I mean, uh, he's he's an unusual pick for best director because there could have been a lot of other people, maybe Pablo Lorraine from Jackie. There could have been um, Jeff Nichols from Loving in there. I mean, there's a lot of people that could have been in that directing category. Uh, but, um, I mean, Tom Ford, I did think did a pretty masterful job with Nocturnal Animals and I am quite glad to see that he's in there. I agree. I mean, it was a four-star out of five-star movie for me. I really enjoyed it. But interestingly, Nocturnal Animals is not nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama. Yes, it is interesting. It's almost like sometimes they share it. But I think even the Oscars have done this sometimes where they'll get a film nomination but not a directing nomination. It's almost like a little bit of sharing it out. Oh, we, we like the film, but you, but you think those two should marry up, but it doesn't always happen. But Tom Ford, I think, also got a um, nomination for screenplay. So yes. I think he'd be pretty happy with with that, as even if he didn't get best film. In his, in his very, very, I will not show excitement or sweat way, I'm sure he He's very happy. He's probably- I, I don't think I, I actually had we uh, we had there was a lunch for him here like because there's a lot of these award you know as they come up lunches events and that and uh, he there was a lunch for him uh, just last week actually I swear his face just doesn't move you would never know what he's thinking I know he is he redefines cool there is cool and then there is Tilda Swinton and Tom Ford. Like, I, I almost picture that when Tom Ford got his nomination, he just reached to his right and all of a sudden he had a glass of Moe in his hand. <laughs> exactly. And you should see him negotiate. It was quite interesting because he was sitting down at lunch and even the way he eats, is there's just like this complete style about him. It's just like he, you're sort of riveted watching him. It's just it's really incredible. Well, that's probably a reason he got this nomination too because when you watch Nocturnal Animals, 
you can see the direction. You can, it's a very directed movie and you can go, oh, that's well directed. Whereas I guess something like Lion, which is nominated for best motion picture drama, doesn't wear its direction on its sleeve. Yeah, well, you know, Lion's interesting because, uh, you know, that was sort of split. I mean, a lot of people loved Lion. Uh, a lot of people just was like, okay, it's a nice movie, but I don't think it's brilliant. But um, I think it was a love-hate with that film. But uh, obviously enough members thought that it was, you know. And, I mean, I, I'm i thrilled that it got in there because, you know, again, it's an Australian film, you know, supported by Screen Australia, a story I think that um, is a beautiful story. And I was really glad to see it got in there. And, I mean, I think everyone thought the acting in the film was was terrific. Uh, I think even Sonny Pawar, the young, the young child, had a, probably a good chance of even maybe getting a nomination, but he was just really, you know, there was just so many people in that category. But I was very ha- glad to see Dev Patel and Nicole Kidman pick up nominations for that. And, of course, you know, the I think the Australian film industry will be celebrating the fact that it got a best nominate a best film nomination yeah oh absolutely i mean it's a good year for nominations for australian films definitely you know with lion there with Haxel ridge being filmed in australia and mel gibson the director but uh, also you know the other thing that it's not an australian film but certainly we can celebrate an, an aussie nomination is joel edgerton uh who Again, could have made the list or not made the list, and thankfully he did make the list because there's been a lot of strong performances in this category. And uh, I thought he gave such a beautiful, uh, understated, uh, you know, difficult role really. The the role he played as Richard Loving, this this white man that married an African American woman in 1958, and was basically it was basically considered illegal in the state of Virginia and the way they fought it and then really changed uh, racial laws here. So, but I mean, the film is, is, is a very sort of slow burn and Joel Edgerton really gives a slow burn performance in this, but I was really glad that he got recognised as well as Ruth Negger, who played Mildred Loving in the film. Yeah, it's, I mean, when you obsessively follow awards season, the, 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 the word was that Loving had fallen off the radar and now obviously exactly. it's back on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even to the point, you know, where I was talking to some publicists uh, about the film last week and they felt, oh, yeah, they didn't really think Loving was going to get through. So I'm sure they're very happy today as well. So, and not, not because, and it's just, again, you're right, this sort of focus, things go back and forth. You never really know till the end, especially when there's a lot. Uh, and I really, uh, sometimes you get a sense of what you really think is going to get through. I mean, obviously, La La Land was a shoe-in, yeah. but, um, but there were so many films that were just, you know, at about an equal level of inte- of actually being good, worthy of performances, direction. So I think it was pretty hard to predict what was going to make the final list. Now, how many of you are there now? Are, are you in the 90s or are there uh, 80s or 90s? How many of you? It's a good question. I keep hearing different numbers. I've really got to get it straight. And I'm, I'm sorry I don't know the exact number, but I've heard I think it's between – well, also there's voting members and there's also sort of honorary members and not every member votes, as in like there's some members that, you know, would no longer be voting uh, because they're not active members. But um, I think there's around uh, what I heard around 83, 85 voting, active voting members. So I'm not sure if that's the exact number, but it's around that figure. And theoretically, they represent a lot of countries around the globe, right? It's a very, very different t- uh, pool than, for example, the Academy. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a very eclectic group as like as being one of them, I can certainly attest to that. And I mean, very different cultures from a lot of very European heavy. We have a lot of Italian members, French members, uh, you know, so there's a lot of Europeans. But then, you know, we have Latin American members. We have uh, we've just now uh, is obviously with the rise of China in the film industry. Uh, we just had this year two more Chinese members have joined. Uh, of course, Australian members, UK members. Uh, so, you know, every everything, I think, even down to places like uh, Tahiti, I think, even has a member in the Hollywood Foreign Press. So you just never know. That, that bodes well for Tahitian cinema. Yes, exactly. You never know, right? Everyone's represented. It's interesting. It's interesting about um, France and the European uh, contingent because there's only one category for foreign language, but unlike the Oscars where each country has to submit just a single film and then that film is put into consideration and then, of course, there are only five nominees, that's not the case with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So in the nominations for this year's Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Foreign Language, you've got two and a half French films, two films, <laughs> Elle and Divine, that are totally French and one film, The Salesman, that is a French-Iranian co-production. Yeah, there was comments today about, yes, the French did very well as well. Uh, again, there was, I think we had something like 80-something films in this category. Uh, I don't know any members that actually saw them all. I mean, congratulations. I think you get a sense. Of, I mean, some some members are very committed to seeing all of them. I think there's, you know, other, otherwise I think you hear the films that, uh, you know, people talk about the films that they think are good. Uh, but something like Tony Erdman, you know, was really obviously going to be included because it's since the Cannes Film Festival that's been getting, you know, so much praise. Uh, there was a lot of, a lot of people loved Neruda. And I think Elle because, you know, I think it was just such a startling film by Paul Verhoeven. So uh, that got in. And then Divines, which got a lot of, um, a lot of good press as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an interesting list. But again, with those foreign films, uh, you never know what's going to get in. Well, the thing about Elle is that with Emma Stone in in the uh, Best Actress Comedy or Musical category, it leaves it wide open for Isabella Burr, for Elle, to win Best Performance by an Actress in a Drama Motion Picture. Yeah, she could very well take it. I mean, obviously, uh, people are saying probably the favourite is Natalie Portman, but um, perhaps not. I mean, I would think that category is probably going to be between Natalie Portman or Isabel, who does give a really stunning performance in Elle. Well, the, the, as soon as we finish this interview, I'm off to see Jackie, so then I will... I will have an idea in my own head, but I think it's going to go to Isabella Per because besides her performance in Elle, she's never won one. It's her time. And also she is so European. And I guess the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has, as you say, this European contingent, unlike the Academy. Yeah, possibly, but I'm not sure that's always the uh, guiding factor on what actually ends up winning. So uh, I think, again, with Natalie Portman, it's a, it's a performance that's been appreciated, but uh, also maybe a little split, one of those things, you know, some people liked it, some people didn't, I think. Um, but I think generally, you know, people are saying her performance was great. So I think it will be interesting to see who wins that category. Oh, absolutely. All of them. I mean, it's just so much fun. If you want to find them, just, I don't know, just Google Golden Globes nominations. It's all over the news at the moment. They'll be everywhere. Everyone's talking about it non-stop. Yeah. And you know what I loved? What's so funny? I literally came home 
and within a half an hour of the nominations being announced, they already had ad campaigns up on the television. La La Land, you know, nominated for seven Golden Globe nominations. I'm thinking, how did they get that ad up so fast? Well, they would just, they would have it all programmed with just a flashing cursor with the number. <laughs> yeah, it must be, right? And so it's like, okay, we got eight. Eight, boom, send. <laughs> no, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. Wow. So, they, they, of course, all the film, and, that, and that's one of the reasons these nominations are fairly influential. I mean, you know, a lot of these films are just out now uh, and they uh, straight away start plugging how many nominations it got because, you know, the Oscar Oscar nominations are still a little while off. So, of course, the best selling point for them at the moment is the fact that they've been Golden Globe nominated. Yeah. Catherine Tulich is a member of the Horan Tulich, pardon me, is a member of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the board of journalists that votes for the Golden Globe nominations, which came out this morning. It's very exciting. Do you have one more minute for one more quick question? Of course. Um, we've had some very interesting hosts over the years. This year, you've got Jimmy Fallon. The Oscars have Jimmy Kimmel. It's the it's the battle of the mm -hmm. two Jimmys this year. But how do you think the um, you know, Trump's America is going to play out on the night. Do you think this is going to be an intriguingly politicised awards or do you think the Golden Globes doesn't sort of tend that way? Well, uh, I think in terms of host, Jimmy Fallon is a fairly safe choice. Uh, I mean, I don't think he really steps on anyone's toes. He's certainly no Ricky Gervais. And, I mean, I would have loved to have had Tina Fey and Amy Poehler up there in this Trump season. That would have been hilarious. Me but too. Uh, we've got Yeah, uh, we've got Jimmy Fallon. I'm sure... I think if anything political happens, I'm thinking it's going to be more from the people accepting awards that might get up there and want to say something. We'll see how brave Jimmy Fallon is, but he tends to be fairly polite to most people. He comes up with some very funny stuff, but he's not cynical or um, that. So I, I think it'll be a fun night, but I don't know if it'll be so much a political night or certainly won't be a sarcastic uh, night like a Ricky Gervais evening. Yeah, there are certain actors that can be relied on. Like I would suggest that, you know, maybe if Casey Affleck or Viggo Mortensen win an award, they won't be, <laughs> they won't be worried to say what they think when they get up on the dais. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see yeah, whether um, how many people will talk. So, yeah, I, I'm going to be curious to see how the evening plays out with with a host like Jimmy Fallon because we've always had, you know, I think we've always made good choices in recent years in terms of whether you like them or not. I mean, I've loved the the hosts that we've had, you know, with between Ricky and Tina and Amy. I think they've been so funny and also so reverent, which is something that you can really do on a Golden Globes evening. You don't really have to be so politically correct, which uh, which makes, I think, the evening more fun and also the fact that that's why people like watching the Golden Globes. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait. They air in the United States on Sunday, January 8th, which is not that far away. And then so, of course, in Australia, theoretically, sometime on Monday morning, early afternoon, Catherine Tulich has joined me from her home in Los Angeles, where I'm sure you've got plenty of other uh, punditry to do throughout the day. Exactly. I do, yes. But it's lots of fun to talk about it. I love talking about them. <laughs> me too. Thank you so much for joining me, Catherine. Right. Thank you. This is Bruce Beresford, and you're listening to Movie Land. You're listening to CJ with Movie Land. Now let's review La La Land, the film that has the most Golden Globe nominations and is obviously now the front runner for the Oscars. 
La La Land arrives, obviously, with a lot of hype. If you're in the business of Oscar prognostication, it's in a 50-50 race for Best Picture with a very different kettle of fish, Moonlight. Neither of these, of course, might come to pass. Momentum could easily arise for such big affair as Sully, Arrival, Fences, Live by Night, or the tiny and bleak Manchester by the Sea. It's Damien Chazelle's dream project, the script he already had in his drawer when his film Whiplash was not only made, but became an indie hit, a critical darling and a Best Picture nominee at the Oscars. J.K. Simmons won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar for Whiplash. Chazelle had his moment, his blank cheque, and he cashed it on his dream project, an old-school musical he had been developing for years with his musical collaborator and old-school chum, Justin Hurwitz. He'd originally hoped to make it for less than a million dollars. Ultimately, he had at least 30 times that. It shows. The opening number, a perhaps digitally aided one-take wonder involving an enormous amount of singers, dancers, cars and an LA freeway, is jaw-dropping. A statement of intent that fills the viewer with trust. This is going to be great! For much of the film, that trust is constantly rewarded. Emma Stone, tasked with carrying the film emotionally, appearing in about 80% of the scenes, singing, dancing and stealing your heart, is sensational. She must be the Oscar Best Actress frontrunner, along with Isabelle Huppert for Elle. Ryan Gosling, very much supporting her, does so with characteristic grace and a lot of heart. They're a terrific team. She plays Mia, An aspiring and perhaps talented actress in Los Angeles, he plays Sebastian, an aspiring and definitely very talented jazz musician, Chazelle's signature motif. They fall in love, manage their careers, and partake in a stack of original musical numbers along the way. It's a true musical, in that characters break out into song and dance when they're feeling big emotions, and when a musical number is on, anything goes – Shoes can appear out of nowhere, skies can lighten or darken, walls can disappear. Certainly the lighting can get jiggy. And in its depiction of a dame and a dude up against the bright lights of show business in Hollywood, it's utilising tried and true musical formulae constantly. What's fascinating is that it's totally contemporary. The style may be 1953, but the potholes in the freeway are 2015. L.A. has been art-directed to look magical – There aren't that many old-school street lamps, I know it, but it's still modern, lonely, dusty, car-cramped L.A., and the casting directors suck. The original songs by Hurwitz are very good, and some are great. If you've seen it, I bet you're humming City of Stars right now. They express the characters' inner thoughts, they allow them to comment explicitly on their frustrations and longings, they speak of hopes and dreams, and, of course, of love. They're at times plaintive, at times bold and brassy. Motifs shimmer throughout. Indeed, it's a little jarring when Hurwitz's compositions are supplanted by known music, a sequence at a party incorporating a swath of famous 80s hits, and deliberately different-sounding music. The songs attributed to and performed by a colleague of Sebastian's played excellently by John Legend. Stone and Gosling both have fine pipes, Stone in particular, and something about their singing sounds authentic, as though if it were more perfect, it would be less real. 
At 128 minutes, the film does feel a little long and the story definitely slows and muddies in the second act. Because it's a story based on a thousand others, a story that is part of our collective movie-going DNA, we're generally ahead of it, which contributes to the problem. But the ending, and it's an extended one, a big, ambitious epilogue, is tremendously satisfying. I could feel the large group of critics at the screening I attended sitting on their hands, resisting the uncouth impulse to applaud. That's La La Land. That opens in Australia on Boxing Day. It is in limited release in the United States and about to go wide and wider again, of course, as it's got these Golden Globe nominations. It'll be opening around Europe and the UK, etc., etc., I guess pretty soon. New Zealand probably around the same time as Australia. So go check it out. I mean, of course you're going to see it. If you listen to a podcast called Movie Land and you've stuck with me all this time and you kind of like the kind of movies I like, well, of course you're going to see this because it's an Oscar contender. It's a Golden Globe major nominee. It's in the mix. It's in the cultural mix. You don't want to miss out. And if you don't like musicals, Well, I was going to say, don't worry, you'll still like it, but maybe you won't. I mean, it's a full-on musical. That's all there is to it. Now, don't forget, if you've been listening to me over the last few years and now you want to see me do this, but on telly, as it were, go to Skippy TV. That's S-K-I-P-I dot TV, and you'll find Watch This, my new show, where I essentially do this, but visually, sitting on a couch with guests sitting on couches. You can see us talking, our faces, our hands, etc. But we do different stuff. I don't just recreate this show. It's different guests, different reviews, more conversational reviews, one-on-ones. Jim Flanagan from uh, Movie Land is, is on it a bit. Luke Eve is uh, on episode two, talking about his web series and going to uh, web series uh, festivals around the world, all sorts of interesting stuff. Coming up this Friday, I'm going to be doing my um, year-end wrap-up, and we're going to be reviewing Rogue One, so check it out. Just go to skippytv, S-K-I-P-I dot TV, and find Watch This. It's free, and you can watch. We've got a couple of episodes up so far, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, of course. So enjoy that. Read my written reviews at filmmafia.com.au. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CJ Movieland or find the new Watch This page on Facebook. Just search for Watch This under television programs, I suppose, as a page on Facebook and like that or follow that or do whatever you can to join the conversation there. Thank you for listening to Movieland. Enjoy yourselves, take care, and make sure you see a movie at the cinema this weekend.